You know, I'm not the biggest Steve Miller band guy out there. I met Steve one time. Nice guy. Real nice guy. Really cool dude. But every time I hear this song, it puts a smile on my face. I get in a really good mood because this song to me means one thing and one thing only. Stanford men's basketball. Back in the day when the band would play this during the team introductions, my man Steve Frost introducing the team on the PA system and the crowd in full throat. Good times. Sing it, Steve. All right, now your turn. is good stuff and when you hear that song it generally means it's time for Stanford men's basketball and we're pretty close season three weeks away and that's what we're talking about on this surprise edition of the TreeCast with Troy Clarity presented by the Believe Podcast Network glad to have you with us it is Monday November 2nd 2020 come on and dance with us yes a surprise podcast. I didn't realize this was coming either, but you know what? When Jared Hass is on the vine and he wants to take your call and talk Stanford men's basketball, you take that call every single time. So we'll catch up with uh, Coach Hass in a, a couple of minutes or so. But just a couple of quick things to remind you. A, if you're new to the show, welcome. Thank you so much for being here with us. I am Troy Clarity, entering my 28th season overall of following Stanford sports. And it's Stanford football game week. We'll get deeper into that on the next TreeCast, which should come your way on Thursday with the Stanford football squad heading up to Eugene to take on the Oregon Ducks. And we're going to be predominantly all about Stanford football over the next few weeks or so. So great time to kind of get in a little Stanford men's hoops because a lot of excitement surrounding the beginning of that season as well. Glad to have you with us. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy Clarity. The last name is spelled C-L-A-R-D-Y. I always uh, welcome your thoughts on the show, on Stanford sports, on anything you got. Give me the hashtag TreeCast for that. Admittedly, my uh, Twitter checking might be spotty this week, at least over the next couple of days anyway. But uh, you got thoughts on the show, I always welcome them. Hashtag TreeCast is the way to go. And if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, now is the time. As mentioned, we're going to be knee-deep in football pretty much from after this show on. So get in now as uh, you can subscribe any way you want to via Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, any way you listen to your favorite podcast from, you can subscribe, download, and rate and review the shows. I always welcome that for you. But first, a quick note, NFL season in full swing, and you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Game spreads and totals, team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there's always the online casino. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I'm in a good mood. Steve Miller did a good job of uh, putting me in that frame of mind. And uh, with that, it is a very big pleasure to uh, welcome in our special guest on this special surprise tree cast, entering his fifth season as the head coach of Stanford men's basketball. And look, you know, the, the, the calendar says November. And even though this hasn't been a normal year, 
November still means college hoops with the season scheduled to tip off before the month is done. Cardinal looking to build on a 20-win season from last year and hoping for even better things this year. And leading the charge is the head coach of Stanford men's basketball, Jared Haas. Coach, always appreciate the time. How are you doing today? Doing well. Thanks for having me. You got it. Appreciate you uh, taking down with the time. Number one, everything good? Everyone healthy? How, how are things looking on that front right now? Every, everything's good. Uh, you know, with the team, everybody's a little, you know, banged up, but nothing uh, – nothing serious and uh, it's just kind of early season type stuff and the reality is we had over 200 days where we weren't on a hardwood floor and so you know we're really trying to be cautious and smart about how we transition uh, but I think the guys are really in a good spot now conditioning's getting better and uh, they're getting used to uh, you know college basketball for the freshmen and the older guys just getting used to being back on the floor and, and going 100 percent speed. Yeah, some bumps and some bruises and maybe some, a floor burn or two in there, I would imagine. Uh, last time we talked was mid to late April. Uh, there was a lot of uncertainty then. Still, there's a bit, of a, a bit of uncertainty now, but practices are in full swing. Season tips off in about three weeks or so. Uh, take me through some of the bigger, maybe even a couple of the smaller steps of what the program had to go through just to get to this point. Well, a lot of uncertainty, just like everybody. And that's, that's probably the biggest challenge. Uh, the administration has been fantastic. Um, you know, we've tried to provide clarity any chance we get, but the reality is you have uh, national issues, you have state issues, you have uh, the county issues, you have Stanford issues, uh, let alone the athletic department or team issues. And so you're trying to, trying to coordinate and try and make a plan. Uh, but we had a long spring and a long summer of basically telling the guys, hang tight, hang tight, hang tight. And that creates, creates a lot of anxiety and uncertainty. Uh, but I'm really proud of the guys. They handled it well. Uh, and right now, our attitude is that we're very appreciative for everything we have. We're appreciative to be able to be on the court and play right now. Um, and also kind of have an, an attitude and mindset. Let's worry about today, today. And let's not worry about tomorrow. And we'll, we'll figure that part out tomorrow. Um, but right now, just enjoy each other. Let's work hard, try and get better today. And then we'll sort the rest out later. Yeah, you guys uh, started workouts at uh, Toby Tennis Stadium and then got the green light from the, from the county to have indoor workouts at Maples Pavilion, which uh, if I remember, I kind of dovetail kind of nicely with uh, the scheduled first day uh, of practice, perhaps. Uh, since moving indoors, any big surprises, any revelations? How have how things been uh, developing uh, from those standpoints for you so far? Well, our serve and volleys have gone straight downhill. You know, on the tennis court, we got pretty good, but uh, you know, so so our tennis our tennis games are, uh, are 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 not what they should be right now. But our basketball games are getting better. But um, not a ton of surprise. I will say this is maybe the first time where I'm sitting here leaning on the upperclassmen and leaning on the seniors. And you know, the the phrase the culture of our program. I think we're continuing to develop that. But I think we're we've made great strides. But practice. Uh, most of the time, it's just leaning on the upperclassmen to be able to lead, uh, and the the new guys are are just bought in, and there's certainly a, a learning curve going on right now. Uh, but they're working really hard, and I, I love the fact of the competition every day is uh, very very intense, and the guys are really bought in and learning quickly. How how could this year's team stand out from the others you fielded so far on the farm? You know, somebody asked me yesterday. I thought it was a great question. Is you know what is our identity as a program and uh, on the court and you know we do look different than the um, you know the teams with you know coach Montgomery where you have you know a couple seven foot twins or you know the style of play continues in college basketball to change and evolve and, and we're doing the same kinds of things but when you look at our team and our identity I think we're going to start on the defensive end and, and last year I think you finally saw a team that 
um, through recruiting, uh, through what we're doing, uh, getting a team that has a identity. And I think defensively, we were seventh in the country in terms of efficiency, and we want to continue with that this year. I think uh, my attitude is we should be even better than what we had from last year on the defensive end, and, and we're really focused on that. Offensively, it's going to come down to a couple things. One is, can we limit turnovers? And that's been a Achilles heel for us, um, you know, these past couple of years. And we, without a, you know, Tyrell Terry going to the NBA and, you know, maybe not having a traditional type point guard, uh, as a group, we really have to focus on keeping the turnovers down, getting shots. And if we do that, I think we have a chance to be pretty good on the offensive end as well. Yeah, it kind of along those lines, back in the spring when we talked uh, last, uh, it seemed like one of your top priorities for this season was going to be finding ways to flip those one possession games into your favor. There were a couple last year that, that kind of seemed to slip out of, uh, out of Stanford's fingers there at the very end of it all. What kind of work can be done in November that, that can result, possibly result, potentially result, and hopefully result in getting those one position games, one possession games rather flipped in Stanford's favor in December, January, February, and March. No, absolutely. Um, you know, there's, there's a variety of ways. Uh, this morning at 7 a.m. I had a team on, the, on a call, and uh, much of it was uh, in introducing kind of late game situations. You know, if you have to go full court in three seconds or if you're side out with one second left uh, and getting a plan in place. Uh, certainly an emphasis on, uh, you know, getting the ball in bounds and, and an emphasis on how are we going to foul if in certain situations. There's going to be an emphasis on uh, what are we trying to do, um, you know, game plan wise in, in, in different situations. So those those conversations are going on right now and we drill it. Uh, to be honest with you, it's a whole lot easier when you have guys with experience and some of the experiences, good and bad uh, from last year and the year before, I think can be used in our favor. Uh, just, hey, let's just get the ball in bounds. If we can do that, we can win the game. We'll, Let's, let's make sure we're teaching it and coaching it and understanding how important that is and then executing it when the time comes. And I do think with an older team, I think the execution piece tends to uh, become a little bit more real. You've mentioned the experienced core of, uh, of guys on, on this year's squad. Let's kind of get into them individually here a little bit now with De Silva and, and Davis and Wills and Spencer Jones. I really love Spencer Jones on the defensive end. Very impressive uh, stuff that I saw from him early in, the, in last season. Uh, overall, what are you, ex what are you uh, expecting uh, beyond the leadership? What are you expecting from those guys this season? Yeah, it's certainly, you know, the leadership and the presence are going to be important and that there's a, a standard of how we do things and it starts with them. Um, but look, we need Oscar to be an all-conference type player again. I think he's as unique of a player and as a person, <laughs> you know, in the league or in the country. Um, and uh, so intelligent, so mature, uh, but we need him to play like a, a big-time player. We need to get in the basketball, uh, to score the basketball, but also facilitate for others, which I think he can do really well. So we're going to need him to perform at that level. Uh, Dejon Davis, we need to have him uh, be our be a rock, you know, and and not um, when he's at his best, he's the emotional leader. Um, the guys really rally around him, and you know, but we need him to handle adversity well and get to the other side of every play and keep moving forward. Bryce Wills uh, and Dejon both, in my mind, are the maybe the two best defensive guards in the country, and if not, they're right up there in any conversation. So uh, both of them need to be. Uh, rock solid defensively and lead us in that regard. Uh, we want to make sure we're getting downhill and getting to the basket with the guys that can do that, like Dejan, like Bryce. And then I, one way, I guess what I'm saying right now is everybody needs to play to their strengths. You know, we talked about Spencer. He's an elite shooter. 
you know, we don't need this Spencer just to be a driver this year, you know, to show the world he can, you know, is a great driver. He needs to be able to shoot the basketball at a, at a great clip and then supplement penetration. You know, Dejan and Bryce need to show that they are elite slashers and then supplement that, uh, you know, with some eight three-point field goals. But I think everybody played to their strengths, uh, keep the, the team goals at the forefront of everything we do, and we look for big things from especially the upperclassmen. Dejan says he's the most interesting guy on the team. Is that true? <laughs> Dejan thinks he is, his, he, he, he's a, the most interesting? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I can't disagree with it. <laughs> I will say we have some interesting guys on the team, but he's, uh, he's certainly as interesting as they come. All right. I got to ask the uh, prerequisite Zaire Williams question because he, of course, is the person, the freshman, whom I'm sure a lot of folks are going to have their eyes on uh, this upcoming uh, fall and winter for the Cardinal. How has he been looking so far? Where can he grow the most? Well, he's looking great. He's, he's supremely talented. Uh, that's never in question. And in practice right now, we're certainly seeing that. Um, you know, there's always, uh, it doesn't matter how talented you are, there's always a transition you know, whether it's from middle school to high school or from high school to uh, college or from college to the NBA, there's always a, a transition of just learning. Um, and and learning is a part of it. And then just the physicality of everything is something that you have to adjust to. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, what you do in high school. It's a, it's a big step up to go against 23-year-olds every day in that manner. So uh, he's getting used to that. And it's just, to be honest with you, you get a lot of bumps and bruises when, when we get out there. And um, just learning that transition, how to handle um, – the contact uh, to work through and make sure he's, you know, he's taking care of his body um, so that he's available. But he's been fantastic. I mean, his attitude is tremendous. His character is tremendous. His ability is tremendous. And I think he's uh, acclimating very, very well. A lot of excitement about the other freshmen uh, as well. And Michael O'Connell came on board uh, after our last chat uh, back in the spring. How have you sum up uh, the kind of uh, training camp, so to speak, uh, that those guys have been having so far? They're great. You know, and again, we keep talking about culture and what our program needs to look like and I want it to look like moving forward. We have a group of freshmen right now that embody all the things uh, that I certainly want within the program. And I think it's what the Stanford, uh, you know, alumni and fan base wants as well. It's gritty, tough, skilled, um, high character guys. And I think uh, in practice, we continue to see that from Michael to uh, Noah, uh, Brandon and Max have all been really, really good in those regards. Season didn't end like you wanted it to. I mean, heck, it didn't end like anyone really wanted it to um, last year. But, but Stanford's uh, ending specifically, uh, going out in the first round of the Pac-12 tournament, uh, a tough loss to Cal to end it. Uh, how have you handled the ending of last year with this year's squad? Is this something that you say, you look back and say, hey, you know, you guys don't ever want this feeling again, or is the past in the past and the future is happening right now? We're definitely, the, the majority of the focus is on this year's team. Um, we don't need that as a rallying cry. We are aware of what happened late. You know, the two games at Cal uh, was the day that uh, Kobe died. And it was, it was really an interesting dynamic mentally of going into that game. And then we go into the Pac-12 tournament. Uh, and right after the game, we're finding out that, you know, everything's, you know, and going into the game too, just all the chaos around um, uh, sports in general. And so uh, really two interesting times with the Cal games last year. And, Certainly not the way we wanted to end there, um, but as a whole, I think we made progress uh, throughout the season uh, as a team and as a program. And we want to carry that general momentum going into this year. Again, talked about the defense, talked about a lot of things we did well offensively, uh, but we're really focused on this year's team and what we can be for this year. What's been your biggest challenge as a head coach over the last eight months? 
not being able to provide answers to our guys. And, uh, you know, I, I want to be able to give them the answer of, hey, ball screen defense, here's what we're going to do. Or uh, offensively, if we want to win, here's what it's going to take as an individual. Here's, here's the map or here's the roadmap for you to become successful. And for the last eight months, you know, every conversation just tended to be, hey, guys, hang tight. I don't have any answers. And for a coach, uh, that's, that's a, a tough spot for me to be in and wasn't a lot of fun, but sure give guys a lot of credit for sticking with it. Yeah, the unknown certainly has been a big part of all of our lives this year. Uh, a couple last things I hear for you. Uh, Pac-12 announcing some portions of the, or at least some, some, par some parts of the, pu the scheduling puzzle uh, late last week. Looks like uh, start, things start mid-December uh, down at USC. Pac-12 seems kind of wide open as of right now. How do you kind of size up the rest of the conference at this point? Well, I think there's a ton of depth. Uh, the reality is I don't know. Um, you know, we, we need to start seeing some games and seeing how – all the pieces for all the teams fit together. I do think there's a ton of talent. I think there's great coaching in the league. I think there's going to be great depth with a lot of really good teams. So um, it's we know it's going to be a challenge, but I also feel like we have um, you know a team that we've we've assembled right now that uh, should be confident going into games, uh, whether it's in league or outside of league. There should be a great level of confidence there. Well, it looks like uh, it might begin before you guys head off to the Maui Gym Invitational in Asheville, North Carolina. Asheville's nice, but it's not Maui. Uh, but before then, you guys uh, have a start off with uh, Utah Valley, head coached by some guy named, named Mark Madsen. Now, it's interesting. When I had Mark Madsen on back in early April, I said, hey, how about uh, you and the Cardinal? He said, okay, that sounds kind of cool. I had you on a couple weeks later, and he said, hey, that, that, that might be something. How did that game come about, and can I take credit for it? <laughs> you can always take credit for it. Awesome. Uh, the reality is we've, we've, I, I tend to think, and I'm, I'm proud of the relationships we're, we're building with the former players. We're trying to get all the former players involved as much as we possibly can. I think it's for any uh, healthy program for any, you know, really successful program. I think we need to um, understand the, the, the past. Uh, we need to get those guys involved. And I think the former players do want to be involved in so many ways. And so, uh, Mark, along with so many other foreign players, have been really involved with the program. We hope to continue that in, in many ways. Um, and then, uh, yeah, with, with Asheville, I hear this time of year the waves are, the waves are beautiful, so hopefully we can get some surfing in as well. <laughs> All right, as we, uh, as we wrap this up here, um, what excites you most about what's ahead for Stanford men's basketball? Could be this year, could be beyond, could be today. What excites you the most right now? I think the fact we're building a foundation, I think there's a path for us to be really successful. Um, and, and maybe the thing that excites me most, I think not only is it a path to, that we can be successful, but I think we can sustain it. And I think in college basketball right now, the number of transfers, all, there's so many inputs right now that are they're so challenging. And I think for any college basketball team uh, to sustain it is really challenging. Uh, and again, for a variety of reasons. And I think at Stanford, I think there's potential to develop a culture, have a culture, <clears throat> have stability within your program like nowhere else can have in the country. And because of that, if we can turn the corner and, and really consider ourselves a, a high-level team, uh, the thing I'm most excited about is not only getting to that point and you know reaching the top of the mountain, but then trying to sustain it uh, once we get there. So a lot of optimism. But we also know there's a ton of work moving forward as well. Yeah, should be a lot of fun. Can't wait to see how it all uh, starts to shake out uh, later on this month. Always appreciate the time. Thanks a bunch. Best of luck. Best of health. Can't wait to follow it all as the season uh, gets going. Appreciate the time. Thanks. Have a great day. Appreciate you.
Always cool catching up with uh, Jared Hass, and uh, I appreciate him allowing me to take credit for that Stanford-Utah Valley game uh, popping up to uh, start the season on November the 25th. I'll, I'll take credit for it. Yeah, sure. You can you can send me your, your nice tweets uh, thanking me uh, for that. But uh, good to hear from him. He's, he's pumped up. He's optimistic, a, a, as he should be. He's every bit as excited. Look, as excited as you are, and, and, and I'm sure that you are about uh, the upcoming Stanford men's basketball season, he is even more excited because of the, I think, a very nice little mix of, of, of youth and experience. The youth might take center stage here, at least early on, uh, with Zaire Williams taking top billing, a few of the other freshmen um, in that class as well. But, but man, don't overlook that, uh, that core group of returners. Oscar Da Silva with a fantastic year last year. Dejon Davis, uh, Bryce Wills, Spencer Jones, as mentioned, a, a big fan of him, especially defensively. Can they all continue to up their games and become more complete players all around? So the freshmen will get their share of attention, probably the lion's share potentially of attention early on in the season. But but don't underestimate the impact that the returning core has, the veteran squad, uh, the veterans of the squad will have, especially in carrying the torch for this team early on. So uh, a lot to be told. Uh, the story, or at least the new chapter, uh, the, the plot thickens, I should say, uh, start November 25th when uh, Utah Valley comes to town. Then a plane ride out to Asheville, North Carolina. No waves there, coach, as uh, the Maui Gym, Maui Invitational uh, over in the Tar Heel State with uh, Alabama being the uh, first scheduled opponent for Stanford over there. And then coming back uh, this way and then uh, Stanford beginning Pac-12 play with his first uh, conference game in mid-December against USC. We remember how that game ended last year down at the Galen Center. Or, hey, if you wanted to forget it, I understand. <laughs> I'd love to forget that too. But uh, looking forward to it and uh, looking forward to seeing how Stanford men's basketball becomes an upper-tier Pac-12 program this year, which seems to be within its grasp potentially uh, with, the, with the conference seemingly to be wide open at this point. And hopefully, you know, probably not this year, with things being the way they are with the pandemic and COVID-19 and with, with restrictions in Santa Clara County. And, and again, rightfully so. Be as strict as you want to be. I completely get it. No, no complaints, no arguments from me about no fans potentially at uh, Pac-12 basketball games uh, this upcoming season. I, I think that they're going to that'll, that'll be revisited when we get closer to the end of the calendar year. But no complaints from me, and hopefully by next year, Maples Pavilion is truly 100% living, breathing, and jumping again. Can't wait for it all. Stanford men's basketball tipping off later on this month. Stanford football kicking off this week. And we will be in full-on regular season posting mode starting this upcoming Thursday. And we will give you a complete preview of Stanford football for the upcoming season and certainly take a look at uh, what they could potentially face up in Eugene against the Oregon Ducks. You'll hear from David Shaw. Uh, looking forward to uh, checking in with the radio play-by-play -play voice of Stanford football and men's basketball, Scott Reese. We'll talk with him as well. Plus, who knows what other goodies we might throw into the tree cast. So our next show is scheduled to come your way on Thursday. And then after that, we will come at you on Sunday with a complete review of everything that we saw and maybe some things that we didn't see 
between Stanford and Oregon uh, up in Eugene. So Thursday will be the next show, Sunday after that, and we'll, com- we'll probably hold to that posting schedule throughout the remainder of the football season. Uh, there is the, the big game on Friday after Thanksgiving, so we might bump everything up a day because of it, maybe go Wednesday that week and then Saturday um, for, for that week as well. But we'll see how it goes. The point is this. We'll come at you twice a week, really starting this week. So subscribe, rate, review, download, listen, enjoy, tell other Stanford fans about this show, and let's have fun. We've waited so long to get to this week, and we've gone through so much to get to this week, and might go through a little bit more too, but we're finally here. We're finally here. Let's enjoy it. Let's have some fun. Special thanks to our guest for this special surprise treat cast, Stanford men's basketball head coach Jared Hass. Looking forward to catching up with him and other members of the Stanford men's basketball squad as their season continues. Biggest thanks, as always, goes out to you for being a part of the show and doing what you can to support the program, to support Stanford athletics, and to stop the spread of COVID-19. Don't drink and drive if you do. You're the dumbest person on the planet, just as dumb as the person who refuses to wear a mask, masket or casket. I feel silly for still having to say this in November, but, but here we are. And I'll keep saying it until, until it's, it's safe not to do so anymore. Mask it or casket. And if you haven't done so yet, vote. And we'll talk to you on Thursday. Full-on coverage of Stanford football beginning on Thursday. Can't wait. Talk to you then. Until then, this is the TreeCast with Troy Clarity, presented by the Believe Podcast Network.